Good morning, good people. Happy Monday. Welcome to AZ Sports Live, presented by Freeman Mazda Hyundai. Streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. It's Monday. We back. Had a nice weekend. I hope you had a nice weekend. Coming up today, we've got the State of the Unit defensive tackles. Yeah, we're going to be talking about what could be maybe the most important unit on this defense if it wants to take the next step. We talked about maintaining last week with the edge rushers. This week, we want to take the next step. And I think this unit might be that uh, position that does it. Also, in a roundup, our all-pro, all-world defensive player, Michael Parsons, has something interesting to say uh, with CBS. And if he does what he talked about doing, boy, he might go down as, as it might go down as the greatest defensive season of all time. And we got more contract uh, updates with Dalton Schultz and a weird trade rumor. I mean, it's not really a rumor. Again, we're in that season where people say stuff, content creators say stuff, and we run with it. So uh, we'll, we'll run with it here. You know, it's not much going on. So I appreciate y'all for being here. Bomb squad. Bomb squad! Yeah, yeah, I see you, Ultra Cowboy. Says Osa breakout year. Yeah, the title of today's show is Pressure and Breakout Potential Define This Unit. I think it will. And you'll you'll understand what I'm trying to say as we get moving forward here. But shout out to y'all, man. Uh, Professor O in the building. Craig Lofgren was goody. Mark Smith, Derek Fisher, Ultra Cowboys, Samuel Rowe, Iceberg Q, what it is, what it do. Adam Mack, Jeremy Anello. Trey, man, it was good, Trey. Toxic Tom Durant. <laughs> hey, by the way, when we did that tweet last week uh, where I retweeted Toxic Tom, let me, not Toxic Tom, Tom Donnie Burner account. Let me just tell you, I say your name so much, I mistakenly called Tom Downey, the actual Tom Downey, Tom Downey Burner account. That's how, that's how, that's how close we are, Toxic. It's ridiculous. But uh, Sky says, Sky is early to hell freeze over. I'm early because I had to take my boys to, the, to, to camp super early today. So I was like, you know what? I'll just come on a little early, you know. America's team fan, what's up? Arthur White, B47, Vic, was goody? William Bernie, CJ Richards, uh, Tondrick Barnett, what's up? My lady said you're early. Y'all just going to get on. I can't be late. I can't be early. It is what it is. Or as my guy would say, as my guy would say. It is what it is. It is what it is. Stephen White, what's up? Just Guy, was goody? Uh, who else we got here? CJ Richards, Nick Mims, Saifullah, Antoine Swain. Y'all in the building early. I like it. I like it. Come on through. Uh, we're in that time period where it's not really going to be crazy shows, but like I said, and always saying, I'm going to keep saying it. We'll try to provide y'all quality content, um, as we go forward here. Chuck P what's up. Uh, Quiddy was good. And many more coming through. I appreciate y'all trying to get everybody. Hopefully I got everybody D block. What up? Tom Nutson, interesting uh, spelling there. What's up, Tom? Joey, Arthur Wright, and Tino, TC915. What up, though? He's your boss, Toxic? <laughs> yeah, man, that's that was interesting. I, I went back and listened. I said, damn, I done called him Toxic Tom Downey Burner account, but it was the real Tom Downey uh, account. My bad, Tom. Me and him, we cool over here on Facebook. What's up, Sully? 
Sin City was goody. Uh, yeah, man. So today is one of those shows where we're going to review the unit. And I wanted, I really was trying to set this up, but I think I did a decent job setting it up. Last week we talked DEs, and then we ran on the we talked about the running backs the Cowboys will face because it's going to be important that this unit right here helps stop some of those rushing attacks. And um, we we talked about five rushing attacks. Didn't include since he didn't include uh, Green Bay, but those are other teams that you have to watch out for running the ball too. So you're going to get about half, a little less than half of your schedule are going to be running teams. So, um, and not to mention, you know, the Giants are the Giants, but Saquon Barkley, if he's healthy, he's another guy you got to stop. So this unit is going to be important, squad. It's going to be important. So let's get into the roundup. I want to talk to you all about Dalton Schultz, about Micah Parsons, but mainly this Dalton Schultz situation. I found a very intriguing trade scenario because of the whole uh, Gronkowski situation. So let's get into that. It's time for it's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. See, Craig, you 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 starting off hot already, Craig. We'll get to the Micah situation, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on pause, Craig, right here. We're gonna get back to that. But let's start off with Dalton Schultz. We got a contract update from our guy, Michael Gelkin, Cowboys beat reporter. This is from his Twitter. Cowboys and tight end Dalton Schultz are not close on an extension. Despite his career being emblematic of the franchise's draft and develop lifeline, Schultz may have to wait for the long-term contract he's earned. Oh, damn, Michael, I didn't even peep all of that. Mr. Gelkin, tell us how you really feel about Dalton Schultz. (laughs) Maybe he's close to Dalton. Maybe, you know, these, these... players they do need a media guy or girl that they can kind of lean on a little bit you can't tell me otherwise I know that that uh Dez used to do that with Jane Slater and Mike Fisher but uh he's kind of taking a shot at the Cowboys process draft and develop quote end quote lifeline Schultz may have to wait for the long-term contract he's earned has he earned first question a long-term contract with the Dallas Cowboys. I saw a lot of people on Twitter had an issue with that one. Had an issue with that one. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't have an issue with with the word "earned." I, I think the last two years he's earned a, a long-term contract. See, if we're going to take, if we're going to talk about specific words in regards to "earned," let's talk about the other word. Long term. <laughs> Long term doesn't mean the highest paid. It doesn't mean the second highest paid, the third highest paid. It just means a long-term contract. Right? So we don't necessarily, well, I'm not saying that Dalton Schultz has earned to be the highest paid tight end in the NFL. No, absolutely not. But he's he's definitely earned a long-term contract. For sure. And a position that's been has only really had what three to four tight ends consistently be a top five tight end in the league. Um, Over the last two years, Dalton Schultz has put himself in that, you know, five to eight range, whether it be 2020 or 2021. So he's been in that consistent tier. So yeah, he's earned it. 
but he hasn't he hasn't earned I don't think to be the highest paid but again that's that depends on the market that depends on the team etc etc here's the interesting thing though I saw something I don't know if this was again a a creator brought this up I I don't know but it, it came out there with Rob Gronkowski retiring and Tom Brady losing his top guy Tampa Bay's name started circling in regards to a possible being a possible trade partner. In fact, I think it was our guy, Katie Drummond and Cowboys Wire. Shout out to the friend of the show, uh, Katie Drummond and them boys. Dalton Schultz to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to tell you how I feel about the situation. Sure. For the, for the, for the Bucks. That's yeah. Why not? Right. Why not? You you lost Gronkowski, not saying that Schultz is Gronkowski, but he's a young ascending tight end that can do the things that be reliable that Tom Brady wants. And then the compensation package that they were talking about was a third round pick. I mean, again, yeah, <laughs> from the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Why not? I, especially, especially... If it's not going to cost you a first or second round pick, we know if you get franchise tag, though, it technically, if I'm not mistaken, it costs you two first round picks. But I think you can negotiate these things. Nonetheless, if I'm Dallas, absolutely not. And it's not because I think Dalton Schultz is all world. It's because the Cowboys didn't prepare themselves to move on from Dalton Schultz now. They're preparing themselves to move on from from Dalton Schultz next year. Now, had they went out and they signed, you know, the Mo Alley Coxes of the world or, or, or maybe O.J. Howard or another tight end that has been put in this situation to be that dude, sure, maybe then you can look to trade a Dalton Schultz. But I think it'd be silly to trade Dalton Schultz for a third-round pick and your tight ends are now McEwen and Jake Ferguson and... Jeremy Sprinkle, who two of the three have almost no real NFL experience. Now, I know we love McEwen here, and I love McEwen at the very least, but, you know, he doesn't have a ton of snaps. So do you guys or would you guys be on board with trading Dalton Schultz to the Tampa Bay Bucks? Not Also, let's add a third part here. Why would you trade him to a competition? At a position of need. Granted, I do like Cameron Bray. I saw somebody bring up Cameron Bray. But why would you trade him to competition? You're going to be, you're going to be facing Tampa Bay I mean, week one. <laughs> but you're going to be looking to face them in the playoffs too, right? So, nah. Don't like that that thought process there. Keep Dalton Schultz. If you wanted to move on from him, you should have did that in the off, uh, in the free agency period when you had a chance to sign his replacement. Don't like it. Don't like it. All right. Let's get to this part here. Then I'm going to come back to you, Craig. Micah Parsons is eyeing the sack record. He spoke with uh, Cody Benjamin on CBS Sports Radio uh, or CBS Sports. He says, yeah, 15 sacks. That's like the minimum. 15 is what I want to hit. But definitely 23 is the goal to break the record. If Micah breaks the damn sack record while not while not being a full-time edge rusher, I mean, 
it has to be a top five greatest defensive seasons of all time, right? If not top. I mean, maybe I'm just being biased because I'm a Cowboy fan and, and I like Micah a lot, but usually all those guys that have 20, 19, 22, 22 and a half sacks, all those guys are full-time edge rushers. Mike is not going to be a full-time edge rusher. If he is, we're in trouble. <laughs> because the linebacker situation is not the greatest, and that means somebody got hurt up front. So if he gets 23 sacks as a part-timer, yeah, got to be one of the greatest seasons, top five defensive seasons, if not Football season's period of all time. He also said this. I don't feel like I need to reach anyone's expectations but my own. If I can live with it, I can deal with it. I'm just going to go out there and play my game. I don't want to go out there and chase no one's story. I just got to do my thing, and that's what got me here, and that's what I'm going to keep doing. Love to hear it, Michael. Now, Craig and, and others who may feel this way. It's still very early. Both of these guys have fantastic seasons, although Micah's was much better. Uh, Craig said, I still would have took a Slater over Micah Parsons. And I think you said your reasoning was because Kellen Moore needs help and et cetera, et cetera. I, I get the, the end part there with Kellen Moore needing help. And you said Dan Quinn doesn't. I, sure. But ballers are ballers. Micah and Slater are going to be around longer than those coordinators. So I'm not passing up on what I think is a all-world generational talent for what would be a Pro Bowl tackle. Like, no offense to Slater. He's a Pro Bowl, possibly maybe have some all-pros in his career tackle. But Micah's all-world generational. Pro Bowl and all-pro tackles come along all the time. All world generational players don't. So I can't get behind that. Unless Micah's career just tails off, right? And then and, and he's not an all world all pro for half of his career, and Slater is. Then hindsight's 2020, we can go back on that. But as we speak right now, Micah Parsons is all world. I like Slater. But Slater, put it this way. I know it's very early. But when you look at these two players, which one's generational and which one looks like they're going, they're going to be a Hall of Famer? And then who would you want? Especially on the t- look, 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 especially for a franchise that can't seem to really lock down consistency defensively. We know this franchise can be a, a good offensive uh, franchise. They've done it for 15 years. Defensively, they never had that Tony Romo, Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott to build around. Now they do. So that's that's my plea to you, Craig. Get me Micah Parsons over any of those dudes I was taking last year in that draft because I think he's all world. Is that fair? Craig says, I agree, but after you pay Dak, you have to protect him. Go then protect him. Go draft a, a left tackle. Right? Sign a left tackle. You can't draft and sign Michael Parsons. Go find me Michael Parsons in, in free agency. You know what I'm saying? Go find me Michael Parsons in last in this past draft. Not saying Slater is in this draft, but again, left tackles that are Pro Bowl left tackles or premium left tackles come in this draft every single year. Michael Parsons don't. 
So there's my plea. If that makes it. I always like to say, this, if that makes sense to y'all. Uh, Mike Wade says, what making offensive line excuses for more? Uh, did you feel that way on Parsons before the draft? Yep. I, I'm on record, brother. I'm on record. Um, that to me was show. You know what? I don't think I was. I was okay, so that's fair, Craig. You're on Facebook. So so if Craig's on Facebook, that means you wouldn't have been on YouTube when I had the channel prior to doing things on this Facebook page. Uh, I'm on record calling Micah a top five talent in last year's draft and the best defensive player in the draft and the most talented player in the draft that like just pure talent. And I said, the only reason why this dude even dropped, it was because of those weird off field situation. The quarterbacks got pushed up. Um, and then the corners obviously did too, but yeah, this is not new to me, man. My, Micah. And again, I, I even came out and said, Hey, you can say it's bias on my part because I'm, I know Micah and his family and I'm from that city, but I don't care. He went out and proved it. Mike is that dude. So this ain't new, bro. Yeah, yeah, I know, Craig. I'm just explaining it to you, man. I'm just explaining it to you. This ain't new for me. But but there are people who have come around and said, yeah, you know, I, hey, I, I was Slater over Micah, but I'm cool with Micah now. But it's not it's not this astronomical gap. Slater was fantastic. The Cowboys have issues at tackle or had issues at tackle last year with health um, and with suspension. So I, I get it. But Mike is Mike. Now, if Micah is going to indeed break the sack record, he's going to need the help of these defensive tackles. He's going to need the help of them, whether it be part-time or whether it be an injury and he moves down, it doesn't matter. The The better these defensive tackles play, the easier it's going to be on Micah, the easier it's going to be on all those uh, linebackers. And I think this, this unit here, Cowboys Nation, hear me out is a fascinating one. Maybe one of the most fascinating units or the most fascinating unit on the team. And it's because it puts Dan Quinn's final fingerprint on this defense. And uh, let me go to the show you guys. It puts the, the final fingerprint on this defense. And what I mean is you see the length at safety and the talent emphasis at that position since Dan Quinn's been here, right? You see the speed and athleticism emphasis on the linebacker position since Dan Quinn's been here. And with this unit, you kind of have a combination of both in the length and the quickness aspect. And now he's emphasizing the size and power emphasis uh, with Dan Quinn, where in years past, that really wasn't the case, especially in the draft at the very least. And that's why I think it's one of the most fascinating units because it's a position that I think is on a cusp, right? Those breakout players. But it's also a position that I think has a ton of, there's some pressure behind some of these guys. And it could be a unit that puts the defense over the top. Last week, we talked about the defensive end unit, keeping the unit, the, the defensive unit in general, maintaining their level of play from last year. If we're going to have that same type of pass rushing uh, ability and things like that, we need the defensive end unit to maintain that level of play. If we're going to try to get as many turnovers, we're going to need these boys to rush the passer. But if we want to take the next step, we're going to need the defensive tackles to level up. Right? Because if they can level up, now we're talking about a defense that can carry your team 
if need be. Those are some big ifs, though. Those are some big ifs because not a single soul in the defensive tackle room, as much as we love these guys, have proven to be level-up type players. Not just yet, but there is a hell of potential with some of these dudes. Hell of potential. Uh, somebody said, where's Neville? Neville is actually on the right-hand side. He's the... <laughs> Let me pull it back up. He, look on your right-hand side. He's right there. That's Neville, number 96. He's just not in the list of names. I usually try to put the other guys there and then the main guy on the right, which you could argue also is the main guy. But Neville Gallimore is kind of the, I don't want to say the old man of the group, but the longest tenured. No, no, Tristan is. That's what's crazy. Put it this way. Neville's supposed to be that dude of this group. Supposed to be that dude of this group. Uh, Craig, hold that 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 thought on Sue later because I want to ask you guys about potentially adding to this room, um, but but I don't know if we'll, we'll really do that. So let's actually start off with that power aspect, Cowboys. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to put the number up here. My bad. Uh, well, yeah, here we go. Three five one nine 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 three seven eight seven. If you want to call in, in fact, I'm going to move that up a little bit. There we go. So 351-999-3787 if you want to call in and talk about it. But let's do it. We're going to talk about the power aspect um, of the defensive tackle unit first, starting with the rookie, John Ridgway. We did the rating the draft series, and this isn't John Ridgway at the bottom, so just ignore that part. But we did the <laughs> we did the rating a draft series about John Ridgway, and big country is what we call him. Fifth round pick, 178, six foot six, 320, 81-inch wingspan. And Danny Savage and a lot of us were very excited to get John Ridgway where we got John Ridgway because it kept adding to the emphasis of um, big defensive tackles. We hadn't done that in years past. We were getting the Tristan Hills, the 300-pound guys, uh, the, the dudes who were more upfield, three-techie-type dudes, not necessarily – one tech, stop the run, clog the hole, over the nose tackle type of dudes. John Ridgway does that. And he has an attitude to him. And we've already heard John Ridgway, or not heard, heard about John Ridgway getting in the mix at practice at first. At rookie camp, you know, there was whispers of him and Tyler Smith, not necessarily fighting, but kind of just battling. And then... In uh, minicamp, you heard about Josh Ball and John Ridgway going at it to the point, I guess, he got kicked out because of it. I'm not really sure the whole details on that. Maybe we'll find out at a later date. But uh, I do know apparently Josh Ball and him squashed whatever it was, which is normal. You no, know, fighting that practice happens. But um, I think it was Rob Phillips told the story or or, or was it Shane, uh, Shannon? Shannon Gross told the story about how these guys cross paths, dapped it up, and it, it's all good. You know, it's just a normal brotherhood type of fight at practice it is what it is but i think john ridgeway a lot of people are actually putting a lot of pressure on john ridgeway including myself maybe maybe unfairly but it is what it is he's going to be asked to come in here and anchor a run defense he's not going to play beyond the second down not going to happen but Dallas, I think, looks at this position, and I don't necessarily think it's a, a mistake in a way, unless you got a Jordan Davis and he's there. But they look at this position as, ah, we'll get it day three. We'll sign a, a cheap 
vet minimum guy at some point and we'll figure it out. Well, they hadn't even done the day three situation in regards to the size and role for years. But Dan Quinn came in much like safety, much like linebacker, and he's changed the philosophy up there. Um, and it started with the guy we'll talk about next, but it's continued with John Ridgway out of Arkansas. So do you guys look at John Ridgway as a starter? I know that doesn't really matter in regards to rotation. But Brent Urban, I think, started some games last year for the Cowboys. Could he be, you know, in that mode of a situation? I don't because I'll talk about it later. I already know. I have a feeling of who our starter should be. But I think once you get in those second and short, third and short goal line situations, him and Big Bo, if they're both on his team, can help anchor uh, the interior and the A-gaps. Speaking of Danny Savage, there he goes. We about to get to that there, Oscar. I got you. I got you. We about to get to that. Uh, Gregory says, I like this D2 DT group in Dallas. Good DT rotation. Who are your starting DTs? And that's what I was saying here. Do we think that that Ridgeway could be could be the starter? I'm gonna say no, but that's fine. I don't I don't need him to be. Antoine, or not Antoine Woods, but um who's the cat that went to Denver last year? Hamilton. Hamilton necessarily wasn't a starter, uh, but he had a rotation. He was part of a role. I'm sorry. Carlos Watkins was, but we'll get to Carlos Watkins here in a second. Adrian believes it'll be the rotational piece. I, I don't think you'll see Ridgeway nor Bohanna, for that matter, get anywhere over 25 snaps unless there's injuries, which when we talk about Bo, he got forced into the action, I think, a lot faster than, than maybe they even wanted to. Not a starter, but in rotation. That's, that's kind of how I feel. There's only really two dudes on this team, in my opinion, that I would say, when I say starter, I mean a guy that can stay out there they're not going to do it, but 70, 75% of the snaps. Because of the rotation in Dallas over the last decade, it's not just Dan. We, 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 the orphans, right? The wave of the pass rush and all that stuff. And really, maybe the league is going that route. I don't know. I don't study everyone else's rotation, but you don't see guys out there 50, 60 plays every game. You could either say, A, they don't have that dude, except for Demarcus Lawrence, or B, it's better to have these waves. I kind of lie in the middle. I want to have that dude. You're not going to have four of those dudes, but I like to have one, you know, and we'll see about the uh, the top two guys when we get to them. What's up, Matt? How you doing, man? Ian says he's going in on four to go and under, so down and distance where it's short, second and short, third and short situations. Yeah, I can see it. Brando, what's up, Brando? He says, Vanilla Gorilla, the new Antoine Woods. I'd say the new Brent Urban. I think Antoine Woods is already on this team, but but I, I'd say I'd say Brent Urban. Brent Urban was 6'7", 300-ish pounds. Now, this is this boy's 6'6", 6'5", some change, 6'6", 320. So I see him more in that mode, and he's long. He has length. I, I don't think he's really going to be... Twan is... They list him at like six foot. He feel like he's 5'11", six foot bowling ball, whereas this guy's got length. Now let's get to the other power player. That's Quentin Bohanna. Big Bo is interesting. Very interesting. In fact, he might be the wild card 
of this list because he's a guy that has a lot of room to grow, not physically. <laughs> he's a big boy. A lot of room to grow in a full offseason to do it, and he's really flown under the radar. You could you could argue for obvious reasons, right? You could say his numbers won't wow you, and they won't. Ten tackles, three stops. He played in 14 games and had 222 snaps. Uh, but in his tape, he kind of you know makes you want more. It makes you want more, and he'll tell you that. Right, like Bo will straight up tell you, I got to get better. Now, here's here's an interesting stat. When he was actually brought on board, Dan Quinn had a funny line about Quentin Bohanna. They asked him, what's he going to do? He said, and, and I got to show you, he said, well, sometimes, he said, most of the time, Bo's going to be right here over the center. Sometimes he'll be right here. So he was kind of joking around that his role is going to be one thing. Then you want to go look at how he was used. And this could have been because of injuries. This could have been Dan getting into the mad scientist lab and saying, well, let me try to figure some things out. Per PFF, well, again, I love their statistics. I love their, you know, how they break these things down. Not necessarily how they grade, but their stats are awesome. He lined up over as a nose tackle over the center only 49 times out of those 222 snaps. But he still predominantly played in a B gap as a defensive tackle. So it wasn't like he was out there playing five tech. So he's most likely going to be either over the center or, or to the shade, uh, a gap over. So it's not drastic, but I thought he'd play more snaps than that over top of the center. But this could have been because he just, they just didn't have him out there a whole, a whole hell of a lot. Now, 222 snaps is nothing to sneeze over. That's a lot of snaps. And I'd argue he wouldn't have played that many snaps had other guys been healthy throughout the year. Because you go look at his numbers, they dip down in regards to snaps later on in the season. When uh, players got healthy, but the Cowboys actually list him at six foot four, three hundred and sixty pounds. I, I I don't see that. I, I don't see him. if he's three hundred and sixty pounds, bro. He carries three sixty better than any dude I've ever seen in my life. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I thought he said he got down to three thirty, but they still got him listed at three sixty. I'll put Bo about 340. Now I'd imagine he's going to try to shed that number down a little bit more while keeping some power. But Bo's interesting because there's some that believe he could be a guy that's off this team. I think they're going to keep him. I think they want to carry two big guys, especially. I mean, they should want to carry two big guys, especially if he gets that Bosch Lombardi offseason peanut butter. Because if you're getting to a, a, a wrestling match of a, with a team that's going to just run the ball, a 49ers or what have you, and you get into those shorts d- down and distances, you're going to need some disruption in the middle. You're going to need some power in the middle. Free up these guys behind you. Now, we need Bo to level up, right? We need all these guys to level up. Bo's one of them. But if he can get better, and I'm not asking Bo to be, you know, the Dominican Sue. I'm not asking for that. I'm just asking for him to get better. If Bo can get better, John Ridgeway can kind of live up to this run defensive hype. You become better from a run defensive standpoint on the interior with these two guys in the ball game. I don't know that that was the case last year uh, with Bo. In fact, I do know it really wasn't the case last year with Bo. Um, but he's flying under the radar. He's in the lab. He, he He's doing what he got to do. And I like to not hear too much going on. So 
I can't wait to see what happens out at camp, be it in Dallas or out there, in regards to Bo to see how physically better he has gotten, how mentally better he's gotten. Because if you guys recall, the Patriots game, I think, was a wake-up call for him. And I actually interviewed him after the Patriots game. They caught Bo a few times with the trap. All right, big fella, we'll let you upfield, and you run right past the running back, right? So that's what happens when you're a rookie and you get thrown into the fire. So Jeremy says, yeah, they want to one text. I think so. I don't think you draft Bridgeway if you didn't uh, or you just don't believe in Quentin. But they also had Hamilton on the team last year with Bohanna. So and when we say one text, we're talking about these big bodies. B47 says, we need that extra body in the middle time. I'll take his shadow over T. Uh, T Hill. <laughs> we finna get there. Uh, Bo ain't here to get sacked, says Tino. Needs to eat up space, take on double teams, and keep our linebackers clean. Yep, Bohanna and John Ridgeway are not. Don't look at their numbers to get sacks. That's not what they're here for. They're here to disrupt running lanes. Y'all heard me say this a lot about uh, Urban. And it's not just Urban. It's, it's any one tech, really. I don't want you to to just be a part of the traffic. I want you to cause the traffic. I want you to be the traffic jam, the car accident, making this running back have to reroute um, to a different gap or bounce it outside or whatever. Holding up, guys, that's, that's part of your job, too. Don't get me wrong. I need you to do that to keep the linebackers clean. But at some point, you got to be able to make a damn tackle. Make a tackle behind the line of scrimmage. You're not always going to be holding up two players every single snap down in, down out. And um, that's where the, the guys who do this well, who are pro bowlers or who are staples in this league for 10 years doing that one role, they tend to get tackles for loss. Or they tend to get stops in the line of scrimmage. They tend to make guys reroute. So I, I, you, don't got the, you don't got the vet in there no more. Brent Urban ain't here. So John Ridgeway and Quentin Bohanna is going to have to level up their game. What's up, Legends? Do we feel better about the back end of this defensive tackle rotation? Let me show you guys for visual representation. Do we feel better about the back end of this defensive tackle rotation compared to last year's back end? Now, low-key Carlos Watkins was in the back end last year, but let's just say it was Quentin Bohanna and Justin Hamilton. Now it's John Ridgeway and Quentin Bohanna. Tony Hicks or Tony Sims Akeem Hicks is not available. He signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm with Toxic. He says, Sky, I'm just glad they're finally addressing the glaring decade-long issue at one tech. I, I looked this up last year, Toxic. The Cowboys when they drafted Quentin Bohanna, he was their first true one tech that was drafted since, I want to say, early 2000s. Like, literally, might have been 2000. Uh, I forget the, the cat's name. But I was shocked to see that. They hadn't drafted a heavy, heavy like that in, in two decades. Yeah, I think I agree with y'all. I, I feel... There's no knock on Hamilton. I just feel like... Maybe I'm putting pressure on John. I just, I think he could be one of those dudes. What's the cat's name? Oh, this might make some of y'all. Oh, this is the name right here. Um, What's the cat's name that played for, I think it was the, there's two of them. There was the Bills 
and it was there was a cat that played with the Bills, and it was a cat that played with the Niners. I want to say Justin Smith was the Niners dude, and something Williams was the other guy. Hold on, bear with me. We gonna find that. That's who he kind of reminds me of. And one of y'all will probably get it before I do. Kyle Williams. Kyle Williams. And was it Justin Smith? I would love it. If he's Justin Smith, boy. But those two guys are dudes who weren't superior. Just these athletically amazing Nadamican Sues. It was stupid strong, though. Um, they played a specific role for their team for a long time in this league. Now, I think Justin Smith put up some numbers. Even Kyle, I think, had a season where he put up put up some numbers. But, but now, nah, not Pat Williams. It, it was Kyle Williams. But Justin Smith, yeah, toxic. He was a beast. If we can get, if we can get Justin Smith, Kyle Williams, like fusion here. Not necessarily the. I feel like Justin Smith, and I have to go back and look. I feel like. He was on like a Hall of Fame trajectory. I could be overshooting this here, but wasn't he like a multi-time, uh, multiple-time Pro Bowler? Maybe a multiple-time All-Pro. I think he hit late though in his career, so it never really got to Hall of Fame level. But if you can get not quite Justin Smith, not Kyle, but like in the middle of that with John Ridgeway, oh boy, you got yourself one. You got yourself one. So that's kind of where I'm looking at. And that's a lot of pressure I just put on my boy. But again, uh, we talked about this last week, Cowboys Nation. We have to put pressure on these young guys. The front office does it by default by not bringing in veterans that are better than said young guys. So, hey, year one, year two, y'all need to play above expectation. Y'all need to play above expectation. Just Guy says, what happened to David Irving's career? Uh. Nah. <laughs> David David Irving, probably, he was hard-headed, man. Let's just be real. Because, because we had a guy, Randy Gregory, who also smoked weed. It's not smoking weed. It's your mentality. Do you want to stick around or not? Do you want to take help, get help or not? Do you want to do what you got to do to play football or not? David Irvin didn't want to. Randy Gregory did. <laughs> Jacob said, I remember on sound effects, he told Ray Rice, I got burritos bigger than you. Which one, Kyle, Kyle Williams or Justin Smith? That's funny, though. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to this, this one here, then we're going to take a quick, quick break. This one's fascinating, too. Carlos Watkins. Very, very interesting. You could argue that Carlos Watkins was the Cowboys' most consistent defensive tackle last season. I, I didn't, I didn't, I did not stutter, or as my guy would say, did I stutter? No, I did. I ain't gonna argue it. I'm gonna say it. I'm just gonna say it. I do not care that you broke your elbow. No, uh, Carlos Watkins was the Cowboys' most consistent defensive tackle last season. And I think he showed that by having essentially a career year. 32 tackles, 16 stops. He started 14 games. This one right here caught me by surprise in the middle of the season. Um, 
or towards the end of the season, when it's like, yeah, Carlos Watkins uh, start 12 games. I'm like, what? Carlos Watkins start? 14 game starter for Carlos. I think he was hurt one game. And game one, I don't think he started. Nonetheless, 32, 32 tackles, 16 stops, a pick. Six, by the way. <laughs> that was funny. And 437 snaps for Los. Listen to this one. He played more snaps at nose tackle than Quentin Bohanna did. And Carlos Watkins is barely three bills or under three bills. He's listed at 297, but he might be like 302 or 303. But he listed at 297. That's fantastic. If you are a, a three-tech player, play three-tech position your whole life, and some five-tech, they'll, they'll list it as defense end, but I like to call it five-tech because it ain't defense end for real. Um, you're under 300 pounds, and you played almost 100 snaps at nose tackle lined up over the center, and you primarily did one-tech type of things, which is why his numbers were lower from a pass rush standpoint. He had career lows and pressures, and he only notched one sack. But he had career highs in tackles, ops, and tackles for loss. I am not upset that they brought Carlos Watkins back. Because I I get that this franchise won't try to upgrade from a Carlos Watkins. So if you're not going to upgrade from it, then don't downgrade from a Carlos Watkins. At least bring him back. And I'll be the first to admit, I had this dude as a camp body. I had this dude... As a guy that was coming in here, just, just, to, just to fill a role for camp, I was like, man, Brent Urban's our dude. What are we talking about here? But Los, game in, game out, came to play. He might not have been dominant, but he was there. Uh, he had some moments. He played his role well, and he ended up putting together a career year, and he was a leader in that locker room. Uh, you won't hear it talked about a lot publicly. But uh, when we talked to Quentin Bohanna, he talked about how Los is what they call him in there was integral in the young bucks, you know, not necessarily developing, but kind of just getting their their feet together and under them in the league. So they look to Carlos Watkins and as they should, if you go look here, he is the longest tenured defensive tackle on this team. Longest tenure is Carlos Watkins. Again, I don't think it matters who starts, but I don't think he will. He had 14 games last year, but I can't see Carlos Watkins being that guy this year unless something happens in preseason. That's the crazy thing, right? We talk about all this. We talk about these players. We talk about the depth at any of these positions. And nothing has happened yet in regards to pads. Where we were at today last year, and when the season started, was drastically different at certain positions, especially after game one uh, because of injuries. See, Nick says he was quiet with the Texans. Yeah, I think he had like a decent year, um, but but he didn't really ball out at any given point. That's why when I, when he came, I, and then we looked at the tape, I'm like, I mean, why? He's a three-tech. Osa, Neville, Tristan, why? But he got here and he played better than a Tristan. He got here and he, he he did some different things for Dan Quinn and he earned the respect of Quinn. He earned the respect of the players in the locker room and he earned my respect. So salute to you, Carlos Watkins. He did his job, Toxic, absolutely. Oh, we about to get to Tristan. Don't y'all worry. 
Uh, how many batted balls? I don't think he had a lot. I don't have his, his statistics up here, but nobody really had a lot of batted balls. You know, you brought up something interesting here. I don't really see too many balls getting knocked down the line of scrimmage with Dallas. I just don't see it. Wow, Brando dropped the name here. I, I, I actually, I really enjoyed this player when he played Mario Williams. He's, he'll probably probably be more famous because he got drafted over Reggie Bush, but I, I thought he had a good career. I thought he had a good career. So, Jacob said, well, Scott, remember, he probably was a camp body, but when Neville got hurt, opened up his spot, and he took advantage of his opportunities. This is true, too. He got hurt early. Um, a game one, y'all? Two. Game two of preseason. So, but I, I wonder if he was already, you know, getting the team's attention in camp because think about this it's not neville that gave him the opportunity jacob remember the next guy we're going to talk about tristan hill wasn't playing quinn bohanna's a rookie right um and there was only osa and neville as your three techs and, and then and then los came in as your veteran guy so i think tristan hill gave him the opportunity when neville went down they almost had no choice and he took advantage of it he absolutely took advantage of it. All right, before we get to this one, because this this next guy here is 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 the one we've been talking about all offseason that he might not even be here, but you got to prove it. Let's talk about the ride of the week. This week's ride of the week is the Freeman Hyundai 2022 Tucson. The 2022 Hyundai Tucson sports a daring new design that seems destined to shake up the compact SUV marketplace. All models are equipped with the Tucson in the Tucson are among the most stylish in the segment. It goes head to head with several strong rivals, such as the Honda CRV, Mazda CX-5, Toyota RAV4, like those. But the new Tucson has brought its A-game and earned an Editor's Choice Award for 2022. Starting out at 29.8, it's a spacious SUV, two front LCD monitors. That's interesting. I usually only see one. Miles per gallon, 26 in the city, 33 in the highway, and of course, as the Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. For more information on the Freeman Hyundai 2022 Hyundai Tucson, hit up FreemanHyundai.com or visit Freeman Hyundai down in Irving, Texas. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. I'm here to rescue you. You got to talk about these things. Because they ain't going to talk about these things. Welcome back. It is Esports Live. I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. And the chat is on fire. Shout out to the Bomb Squad. Ghostface Thriller. Y'all got some good names. I ain't gonna hold y'all. Uh, Mitra. Talking about Story Jackson. <laughs> y'all be putting expectations on these boys. Lemitra. Where are we in regards to Story Jackson? He's looking like our version of Jamal Charles. Come on. What are we doing here? What are we doing here, y'all? 
Uh, Jay Lombardi, you win the trenches. You win the trench battle. You win the war. Egan says, you mean over VY, right, Sky? Greatest single year college QB ever. Suck it, John. Yeah, Brent Urban went back to the Ravens. Went back to the Ravens, uh, B47. All right. You like that millions part, huh? Prime time. Y'all know me. If y'all actually listen to that drop, there's a whole lot of my personality in that drop uh, by itself. And I try to do that with every show. I try to do it with every show. Thank you, Adrian. Adrian just dropped the past breakups um, statistics for the Cowboys. D-line had Armstrong 1, Ghostin 1, Urban 1, Tank 5. Oh, and it's crazy because in my head, I'm like, Tank seemed like he had the most. Watkins 1, everyone else 0. That's not a lot. I have no idea what the number is across the league, but that ain't a lot. Uh, Tank makes sense because he's a veteran. He know if I ain't going to get home, I'm going to put my hands up. I feel like three, four teams would have more because you usually have long six, five, six, 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 seven defensive uh, ends slash five techs. And they're not out there to pass rush, right? They're out there to free things up and get their hands up. I think about the Pittsburgh Steelers. When I think about prototypical old school, I say old school, but early 2000s, 90s, three, four defenses, I think Steelers and I think Ravens. And they always, you know, had big guys on the outside uh, that would bat balls down. But even then, I I think about Rob Marinelli's Bears and and the Bucks. I feel like their D-lines are the same thing. Shout out to Peebo from Dallas. Super chat. Uh, $2 donation. He says, our D-line stayed sending NFC East QBs to the sideline. Sure. Yeah. They absolutely ran through the NFC East, man. Ran through it. All right. Last question. And we'll get back into the unit. Joey says, here's a question. How do we, how do we get jumped in the, (laughs) how do we get jumped into the bomb squad? Hey, you just got to be here. As the show begins and you are a part of the bomb squad, because when I open up the show, y'all get the drop. So I appreciate y'all. And also, if you're here at the end, if you're here at the beginning, you're here at the end, you're part of the bomb squad. It's that easy. There's no initiation. Let's get back into the DT room. Very, very important room. Tristan Hill has a very, very important year. <laughs> we've been trying to kick him off this team, huh? Yeah, we were trying to kick Tristan off the bridge, man. I think Tristan, though, is under the most pressure of the defensive tackles, in my opinion. Because they just keep on drafting competition into that room. And I think I brought it up uh, last week. They might not say it, but their accent actions show it. So, Tristan Hill gets drafted in 2019. He gets put in the doghouse by Rod Marinelli. All right, cool. Rod's gone. Tristan has a new regime. All is well, except they drafted Neville Gallimore. All right, now he gets some competition. Uh, uh, our our mob boss, defensive line coach, I forget his name. He starts talking well about Tristan. Oh, his mentality is great. Everything is good. Tristan comes out in the beginning of 2020. Yeah, all right. Making some boneheaded mistakes, uh, you know, penalties and whatnot. Then, boom. Terrence is ACL. So Tristan goes down. Gerald McCoy already went down. Neville Gallimore stepped up. 
They like Neville Gallimore. Next year, Neville Gallimore is a dude. But they need more. Tristan ain't their baby. They didn't draft Tristan, so they drafted Oso Digizua. Damn. Tristan comes back in the middle of the year. Eh. This was his best game to me. <laughs> from a from a disruption standpoint, this was his best game. But what makes me so just disappointed in Tristan is that I think he has the talent. Like, I think Tristan got talent, y'all. I don't think he's a bum. But much like life in general, man, it's really not always about how talented you are because a less, a less talented person can outwork you and be better than you long term. I don't think you can even say, oh, well, he ain't have the opportunity. That's not the case either. They're going into year four, bro. You're going into year four. I know he got injured. But you've had opportunities to say, hey, we don't got to draft this. Pro- we don't have to move a Chauncey Golston inside the defensive tackle. I'd even bring that part up. So this is a very important year. Tristan didn't really show anything over the first three years maybe year four is the year for him we'll find out though just how much he wants in the next month or preseason because let's also remember in regards to Tristan Hill he didn't have a preseason last year so he might come out and show out against some inferior competition but when these are your career stats and I know stats aren't everything this is year four, and you got 27 totals tackles. You were supposed to be a pass rushing guy. You got a half a sack, 21 pressures, and eight quarterback hits. And here's the one that, that that's the kicker. He's only played 18 out of 50 possible games. Yes, the injury, right? That's a big – I totally get that. Totally get that. But that that is what it is. I mean, I mean, we can't ignore it. It is what it is. It is what it is. So I'm going to ask y'all before we move on here, man. Does Tristan Hill make the team? I've been battling with this for months. Ever since they drafted, uh, or ever since we heard about Golston, the level of concern went up even more. Does Tristan Hill make this team? In June, by the way, right? Injuries happen. Does he make the 53? I ain't talking about the 90. We get to preseason first cut 53, let alone 46 on game day. I'm just talking about 53. Shout out to uh, Sully. I appreciate you for the donation. Let me get to you here. Super chat. $5 super chat says talking about getting jumped or getting jumped in. Ready, ready, have sky on the Rico. Ready, have you you might have, there might've been a miss. Oh, typo. Run that back for me, Sully. Run that back for me. Alpha Mason says yes. Jay thinks Ridgeway is going to take Hill's lunch money. Swain says I doubt Hill makes the team uh, move to the practice squad. Are they even doing that with the, with the veterans anymore since the COVID thing is done? CJ, if Golston fits in, Hill is gone. Mm. Depends on what he does in camp. This is true. Adrian says nope. Either cut or trade. Hill's gone. Daniel <laughs> Jacob says Daniel Bryan. No, no, no. Or is it like this? You know what? Delete. Delete. 
Finally got a yes here from C. Burleson. Arthur says, I can't see it. Jay said, 18 out of 50, that's horrible. It's terrible. I don't care if you want to say he's in the doghouse, he's hurt, whatever. 18 out of 50 games is, is, is awful. That shows, A, either you just didn't stay healthy or you didn't get back in time. Didn't Maybe your, your rehab wasn't quite right. B, they ain't want you on the field. Second round pick, you wasn't getting no tick. Bars, it's a problem. Unless there's an injury, I don't see it, says Toxic. Seems like he'll be the odd man now. Hill's not making it, Danny. This is an emphatic no from y'all. Emphatic. And it's even if it does come that he does make the team, I feel you because I'm leaning towards that way. Like, how, how can I look at this group, right? And we're talking three techs, right? Neville, Osa, Los, even though he plays some one. But I think they got John in here and they got Quentin. I think they really want those guys to occupy the one. So now you're looking at you're looking at Neville, Osa, Carlos, and then they they're moving in. Golston. Nah, and it sucks, man, because Tristan has that quick get off. He has a motor, but does he have the want to? We're gonna find out this year. Lauren says, "Give him one more year. He has a nasty streak and something to prove." I'd say he has a motor. I don't even know if he has a nasty streak because. He ain't been out there enough to streak. <laughs> yes, sir, Lamar. I got Shank with a butter knife. This is a contract year for Tristan, so that should add more um, motivation. What's Hill's cap hit? He's a second-round pick, so if y'all give me a second, find out for y'all. See what it, it might possibly save you, but I, I'd imagine it's not no, no more than $1.5 or something. Cap hit. $1.3 million if you get rid of Tristan Hill, which I'm sorry, $1.5 million. A flat out. Oh, wow. This is interesting. A flat out release will actually save the Cowboys $1.1 million. Mm. Yep. And he has no sponsor on the team. Texas boy or not Texas boy. Uh, Jacob, this is funny because I brought this up on um, Vach's show. He says, how long do we give Taco? That was one of my arguments for getting rid of him if it came down to Tristan Hill or this person. They got rid of Taco fast. And Taco was first round. Tristan is second round. Taco might, I mean, you could argue Taco was more impactful, more productive than Tristan Hill. I think we're even more further talking ourselves into this guy not making a team. And I'm going to say this, though. I want him to. Here's why I want him to. Because if Tristan makes this team, that means he turned all the way up in camp. He turned all the way up in preseason and probably pushes somebody like a Carlos Watkins off this team. I'll I'll make this hard on y'all, then we'll move on. Level up. Tristan Hill, Carlos Watkins. Level up Tristan Hill, meaning he's starting to play towards that potential. Or Carlos Watkins. He is what he is, right? I don't, we don't think 
year seven Watkins is going to take this this leap at defense tackle. Makes it a little bit more difficult. Antoine Swain says trade package including Hill. I saw something earlier in the offseason. Tristan Hill for Neil Harry. Why would they even do that? Unless they really, unless they look at Tristan Hill as, yo, he's the next three tech guy. And not saying that Harry is a guy at wide receiver for him, but man, I wouldn't if I was the Patriots. For Dallas all day and tomorrow, Tristan probably going to make the team. Yeah. Yeah, I know this one will get y'all. Swain says Watkins, Jacob Watkins, Big Sarge Hill. That's a big if for T. Hill, Scott. I know, I know. Uh, Watkins way better. This is interesting. Lamar says we're gonna we're going into attitude players. Maybe that saves Hill. Yeah, but he got to play it on. You know, <laughs> Hill did swing on somebody last year. That's you know maybe they do like that. Watkins in Tristan out. I'm gonna actually say Hill. I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt here. If 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 Tristan levels up and plays close to his potential. And it comes down between Tristan and Watkins. It's a risk because we don't know how long he can maintain that. And we know that Watkins at least showed he can be a dependable guy for you. But I feel like there's a ceiling. And this is, again, this is what gets me in trouble with some of these players. We're in year four, and I'm still talking about ceiling and potential. And we haven't even seen him get close to it. But if we see him kind of take that step, there's just something about Tristan and that get off that I like that maybe we can see him get there. So I'd go with him. Yeah, he swung on my mans last year. That was a crazy big uh, topic of conversation. I remember when that happened. All right, let's get to the two. I ain't saying the rest of these dudes don't matter. But these two boys here, Cowboys Nation, these two boys are the anchor of this unit. If the Cowboys want the defense to take the next step, Osa and Neville are going to have to lead the charge up front, period. Dallas needs, not once, not half-assed, they need a difference-making interior defender, man. They do. It's been that way since, and I'm talking about on a consistent basis. I ain't talking about in one year, David Irving is in and out, in and out, snip, snap, snip, snap. Another year, you get 11 sacks from Hatcher and, Nah, man, I'm, I, one of these dudes has to hit. And here's the beauty of it. I think Osa and, and Neville, there's two of them. Osa and Neville have the potential to hit. I don't give a damn who, which one it is. Y'all know which one I feel like it's going to be. And I feel like it's going to be Osa. <laughs> I'm just keeping it a bean. Ever since, and I'll be real, I don't, y'all know me, I don't, I'm not here to be right or wrong. And even on draft day, it wasn't about trying to be right or wrong. But when the Cowboys drafted Osa, I was like, Okay. You got Tristan Hill. You got Neville Gallimore. Why are we drafting this undersized three tech that I kind of glossed over in the draft process? I just didn't think a tweener would be in the cards. Draft ended. Went to my Illuminati connection. Got some more tape, not just the highlights. I didn't want to just do the highlights. I can go do a highlight for everybody. I said, oh. Okay, this dude, he, he, he can scratch his ankles standing up. He played, he wrestled? Leverage, quickness, motor, 
pass Oh, I like this young buck. Immediately fell in love with the potential of Osa. Then Osa comes in the first half of the season and he shows you that potential immediately. Immediately. And he put together, I thought, a very solid rookie campaign. Very, very solid rookie campaign where he was making plays. He made some plays. Most of his plays were at the beginning of the year. And some plays were uh, towards the end. And I thought this was his best game. But, man, if you if you have a chance to, to just go on all 22 with the uh, game pass and just, just, just watch Osa the first five, six games of the year. Strength, length, quickness, penetration, hustle, versatility. He was lined up everywhere. But he hit that rookie wall. Overall, he had 36 tackles, 21 solo, six tackles for loss, two sacks. Only two tackles for loss after week eight, though, because I think he just hit that rookie wall. And I thought it was inevitable because the Cowboys had too many injuries up there. Guys were in and out of the lineup all year, and he hit the wall. But apparently Osa also looks even more rocked up than he already is. But I just think his ceiling is higher than anybody's in that room. And if we're going to have a dominant, and yes, I'm putting that, I've told you, I'm putting that rocket on his back and sending him to the moon. If we're going to have a dominant guy up front or close to it, I think Osa has the most potential to hit that. I'm fa- I'm fascinated, or I'm a big fan, I'm sorry, of Osa Digizua. He's the one dude on this team, this entire team. I'm 10 toes down with a lot of them, but this is the guy here that if it doesn't work out with Osa, I come on here and say, man, listen, I was completely off on this one. But I feel like Osa has a potential to be the Cowboys' uh, best interior, consistently interior um, guy in years, man. In years. Demetrius says we need Sue for nastiness. Well, what if one of these guys gives it to you? Huh? What if one of these guys gives it to you? Appreciate you, Lawrence. Hey, yeah, like Lawrence said, man, if you're watching this, go ahead and hit that like button. Um, if you're new and you're like, why can I not comment? Because you got to subscribe. You got to be a subscriber for at least 20 minutes. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you're enjoying the show. We do these state of the units at least once a week. And uh, obviously today we're talking defensive tackles. But get back to Osa, man. I just feel like Osa Digizu is our guy. Are we in agreement with that? It's going to be a split. And that's a good thing because I think the next guy we're going to talk about is deserving to be talked about. Just got to stay healthy. Yes, yeah, sir. Sir said he had some of that uh, Vach's offseason peanut butter. Speaking of which, ain't the only one. It seems the offseason peanut butter is going around. Neville Gallimore talked to Jane Slater a couple weeks ago. Uh, and this is what Jane tweeted out. Neville Gallimore told me he put on 16 pounds of muscle while maintaining his mobility. He wants people to pop in the tape this season and see a dog. Think Grady Jarrett. Funny because I actually, in a way, comped Osa's ceiling to Grady Jarrett with Dan Quinn last year. If you go back and look at the rating series I did. Uh, rather be underrated but respected Focusing on his eyes, pass rush, and improvement in the run game. The latter part is extremely important. Improvement in the run game. 
Neville got us excited last year when he came back. <laughs> Neville came back against these Washington football people and was bullying them. And I feel like every time Neville popped on the screen from the first time of his rookie season to the last game of last year, I was like, is he getting bigger and bigger? Like, Neville don't look like a normal three-tech. Never did to me. But he wasn't big like a one. He was right around that 300-pound range. Right around that 300-pound range. But this year, adding 16 pounds, you're looking at a guy who's going to be 315-plus, 318-ish. That's solid one-tech weight. And here's why earlier I I talked about Ridgeway not being a starter because, obviously, you got your two best defensive tackles are, without a doubt, Neville Gallimore, Osa Digizua. So you don't keep them on the bench. I, I don't care about... Oh, first downs, you got to have one of those big boys out there. No. And maybe that's why they put more weight on Neville or Neville put more weight on himself, however you want to look at it. But last year, you know, he only played five games due to the elbow injury, 13 tackles, one and a half sacks, eight stops, seven pressures, three tackles for loss in five games. That's decent. You know what I mean? He tailed off a little bit, you know, came back, probably had the adrenaline pumping. Um, was excited to get out there and and kind of tailed off. And then he really ended the season on a sour note. On that third and long, hands to the face. Cowboys almost had an interception, but at the very least, they got the 49ers off the field. Hands to the face, first down, took more time off the clock. Killer. Then I think same drive, Neville or, uh, Randy Gregory did the same thing. A holding penalty. So it was a killer penalty by Neville, but um, overall, I, he was pissed off about it. He talked about it. You hear about Neville getting into the lab, putting on some more muscle, which again, he's already thick. I, I don't know, I don't know how he's doing this, but if he's keeping his mobility at that size, good because we're going to need him to get bigger to hold up against some more doubles and do some more one techie things if he's going to play inside more. So these two guys, Neville Gallimore, Osa Digizua. Sure, I use these words right. I'm gonna say, nah, I can't say that part. I can't do that, man. Micah here. Are these two the most important <laughs> outside of Micah Parsons? Let's eliminate Micah because Micah's just Micah. But if the Cowboys want to really put themselves into that a you know we one of those defenses it's really hard for me not to say that Neville and Osa are not two of the two of at least the top three or four most important defensive players on this team because if they aren't the guys like if Neville and Osa aren't those dudes talking about Tristan Hill and Carlos Watkins yeah, that ain't what I'm going to hear. So I think Neville and Osa are, are the two most important players. And that's big. That's heavy, right? We got we got dudes like J-Ron. Ooh, that's deep. I, I just disrespect J-Rock. We talking out loud. We just talking right here. Mm, J-Ron might be. We got dudes like J-Ron. We got dudes like Trayvon. We got dudes like D-Law. And I'm sitting here calling Neville Gallimore and Osa Digizua the most important players not named Micah Parsons. 
Have I gone mad? I don't think so. Um, Demetrius said, never ain't no slouch. He not, man. And he got something to prove. Pebo from Dallas says, if Neville stays healthy, he's going to send people to the med, to the med tent. Boy, the, the thing, what he did to that center in Washington was flat out disrespectful. The Canadian bulldozer, yeah. Jay says yes as well. Jesse says yes. Jermaine says Malik Hooker. I wouldn't say, if I'm going to say a, a defensive back, I'd actually go with J. Ron Curse because of the green dot. Swain said, hell nah, Scott. We go from A-plus to D-minus with Tristan. Oh, oh, you're talking about if we're counting on those two. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, if 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 Neville or Osa don't level up, we're talking about Tristan Hill and we're talking about Watkins and we're talking about, like, I mean, leaning on these dudes. That just, that can't happen. D-Law is more important. See, oh, this is a fun conversation, Toxic. <sighs> Look what they did without D-Law last year. I not hate to be that dude. Y'all know me. I'm a big D-Law fan. D-Law is amazing. He's the best defensive defensive, ta- defensive lineman on this team. But we saw them be a top unit-ish without D-Law. I'd wonder what it... We also saw it without Neville, so that's fair, too. I mean, we also saw it without Neville. So, that is interesting. You could say they wash each other out. Man, I feel like I'm disrespecting D-Law and J-Rock, though. But, I think the point I'm trying to make is the Cowboys really need this defensive tackle unit to step up to be a better defense. I said this at the beginning, at the end of the season, in the beginning of free agency. Don't get caught up in the Cowboys bringing back XX player or signing tier three player to maintain. That's fine and dandy. If you want to remain where you were last year, cool. I'll get I'll I'll go crazy when we bring guys in here or do things in here to make us better as a team. So if we want to get better, I just feel like this unit, specifically Osa and Neville. They have to level it up. Hmm. That's a maybe we might, we might have to make that a show. The most ranking our most important. Did I just come up with one? Ranking our most important defensive players on this team. Man, uh, D Law is our perfect mac and cheese. Not gonna is that not gonna lie? Ng is the steak. Oh, Neville Gallimore is the steak. Was a group effort when he was out, and I kind of I'm kind of cheating because when because when D Law was out, we moved Michael Parsons down. Think about this: if D Law goes out and they don't move Michael Parsons down, we're we're singing an entirely different tune. Who do we play at safety if Hooker gets hurt? Donovan Wilson. I I, I, I love, listen, y'all. I'm a big Malik Hooker fan, but if Malik Hooker goes down, it's like I don't expect Malik Hooker to go down. And I've seen Dono do some good things at safety. We got J Ron Curse. I'm good. And if Osa and Neville go down, I ain't feeling too too sweet. Uh, Joe says most of the teams we play this year have great running backs. Yeah, Joe, we did the top five rushing attacks we'll be facing last week, so that was a good setup for today's show. So, real quick, uh, 
kind of review of the defensive tackles. You got the rookie John Ridgeway, aka Big Country, aka Vanilla Gorilla. A lot of pressures on Vanilla Gorilla, according to Cowboys fans and myself. I'm putting a lot of pressure on him. Some people believe he's better than the guy above him, Quentin Bohanna. I called him the wild card of this group because not much being talked about with Quentin. He's a big boy, 6'4", 340, 50, whatever it is. If he could find a way to continue to get better from a mental standpoint and physical standpoint, your run defense is going to get better if he gets better, right? Carlos Watkins is the veteran in the room, the surprise from last year. They brought him back on another kind of one-year vet minimum deal. Um, I wouldn't call him a camp body this year. No, sir. Tristan Hill, the guy with the most pressure, you know, his seat is, is on fire because they just continue to add competition in the room. And then the two anchors of this group, Osa and Neville, the absolute anchors. You want your defense to be better. These two boys got to play better. And uh, we, now we can go back into the chat and talk. I see guys are already bringing up Sue. Let's talk about potential guys to bring on. And while we do that, I'm going to look up some more NFL free agent. I'm going to look up some more uh, defensive tackles who might still be out there. Now, the guys that I wanted are the guy. Was it two? What was the other one? Now I can't remember. But the guy that I wanted, Akeem Hicks, he's off the market. I do know that. Ndamukong Sue is another uh, interesting name that keeps getting brought up. I'll be honest with you. I would, I, I'd be elated with an Ndamukong Sue. Um, what does that do to this room, though? Like, who, who's out? Probably, probably Quentin or Carlos. It'd probably be Quentin Bohanna. Unless they're like, hey, man, year two. I'm not trying to get rid of my draft pick. You got four cheap years. So they probably move on from Los. Or Tristan. What am I talking about? Tristan. Uh, Tristan will be the guy, but you're still, but you still be, you still be jam packed at that position. Um, yeah, sure, why not? It brings Sue in here. I don't think it's going to happen. I think, and I know y'all going to kill me for this. I think the Dominican Sue wants to go to more of a sure thing for, uh, of getting to a championship. And I know we we have the hey Cowboys are going to go to the Super Bowl. I, I totally get that, but. Cowboys ain't won multiple playoff games in almost three decades. I'd, I'd imagine Sue is going to be like, well, I'm going to go to a team that's at least done it more. Re-. You know what I'm saying? Like a team that's been to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. They, The Bills haven't been to the Super Bowl, but they feel like they're more on a cusp than the Cowboys type of situation. He's a mercenary now. I don't think he's going to go to a team that he doesn't feel is ready to get to that Super Bowl or has already been there. Chiefs, Bills, uh, Bengals, Tampa, but that's not happening. Uh, Niners, or Niners, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, shoot, maybe. Um, Rams, hey, go back home to the Rams. Defense attack. Oh, no, he might not even be listed as that. Who they got left out here? Not a lot of names. Available. Yeah. Oh, Brandon Williams is still available. Interesting. Now you want to talk about a true one tech. Brandon Williams go about three fifty. Is Linval Joseph still out there? Now I know Larry Ogunjobi just got signed, so he's not available. 
Shelton Richardson, Danny Shelton's of the world, Antoine Woods, Malik McDowell. Yeah, there's there's no, Star Latule. I don't know if he's still available or not because I think this spot rack is off just a bit because Larry Un, Larry Ojungobi has already been signed. So the list isn't great. I mean, Eddie Goldman is more of a three tech. I don't even, and he might have got signed. Like like I said, they don't really update it. So I don't really see the Cowboys dipping their toes in free agency for this position. The position that y'all know, I think they should dip their toes in is linebacker. Um. I think they're going to just let this thing play out here. Toxic said, don't sugarcoat it. Sue wants to play for a real contender. You get what I'm saying here, right? You get what I'm saying. Uh, plenty of other options that actually perform. And he's approved that he adds value. Who are we talking about, Callan? Who are we talking about? People from Dallas says, Sam Williams under Quinn's tutelage will replace Gregory's production and then some. I don't think this is a stretch. I mean, I don't know if this will happen year one, Pebo, but this might not be a stretch here. Sam Williams has a potential to have a better career than Randy because we understand Randy's career has been, we know what Randy's career has been. Uh, Toxic says, just wish Donald would stay healthy. Sky, hear me out, says Jay. What if we can have Wilson, Hooker, and Curse all on the field at once? You'll see that. Let's slide curse the big nickel. You'll see that. And plug Donald with the strong safety. That's a hitter defense. You'll see that. They did it last year. Yeah. Um, now it was more so KZ Hooker and, and Curse, but you'll you'll definitely and I'll be shocked if you don't see Wilson Hooker and Curse out there. He likes to run with four safeties. We saw that last year. Uh and once you get to these nickel defenses, they'll bring J Ron down. J Ron actually talked about it and Unless he's hurt, Donovan Wilson will be back there at strong safety with Malik Hooker over there at, at free. And is that's a fun little unit. You'll definitely see it. I don't think it's anything far-fetched. Um, which you might, which what I think would be a really interesting unit is if they pull Micah down and for whether it be Fowler, Samuel, hell, you might be keeping him in at the same time. They insert Jabril Cox and they pull down J Ron. You want to talk about having, you know, a solid coverage unit from a big nickel standpoint. J Ron and, and Jabril can cover your tight ends, your backs out the backfield, and even bigger slot wide receivers. So that will be a fun little unit to see. That'd be fun. All right, we're about to wind down this show. I'm going to give it about five more minutes two more minutes for the lines about five to seven minutes total on the show if you do want to call in three five one nine 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 three seven eight seven uh then we're going to lock those lines up and we'll wrap up this show jermaine says would you slide d law inside more if sam is thriving uh, I, no i wouldn't slide d law in because sam is or sam is thriving because they don't play the same positions. D-Law is out on the left side. Sam is going to like, likely going to route right side. I'd, I'd take out Fowler more and Armstrong for Sam Williams if he's thriving. So you can keep D-Law on the edge. Now you got two edge monsters. I would slide D-Law in more in those, those quasi packages, right? Those um, 
end game packages, as my guys so beautifully dubbed. Vosh Lombardi, those NASCAR third and long, second and long packages, but I wouldn't be putting in Sam Williams over D Law's side because he's thriving. I would just take out Fowler or Sam or Fowler or um, Armstrong. I think he definitely do. I was gonna ask Big Bo that too, like, yo. What he got cooking up? What, what what Dan Quinn got cooking up over there? I know he got something, man. Jacob Scott, can we run a 53-man roster projection and then do another one after training camp and compare? I usually don't like to do the, the projections until we see some training camp because we're just, right now is entirely too fresh, but it's a big project. 53-man roster pre-camp and then during camp. Um, Maybe. I'll think about that, Jacob. Because right now it's, it's it's really hard to be like, yeah, this guy's making it, and I haven't even seen them out there. All we have is unpadded type of situations, but possibly we're we're in the dog days, Jacob. So you might get that type of show. I'll let you know though. I'll write it down. <laughs> Scott says still for assistant DC. Who Terrence? My cousin. I don't want to be, no, no, no. I'll tell you this. I actually was a basketball guy. I enjoyed coaching basketball. Um, if I were to coach football, I would definitely want to coach defense, though. It's a position I played. I played both, but it was a position I played I loved. And y'all know I always talk about the safety position in general. And I feel like my attitude would fit there more. Y'all don't really see. I, I, I used to have an attitude problem when I played, but. And it kind of followed me on the basketball court. That's why I always get technical fouls. But, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to have attitude when you're out, especially when you're one of the smaller dudes. Can't be out there getting pumped. Um, <laughs> Yo, King Element, where you been, bro? <laughs> he said, what does that even mean? Tristan Hill is built like a single mom. Sir, sir. Apologies to single moms in the building. <laughs> Dead wrong. The best one of Tristan Hills when they say he looks like a thumb that I ever seen. <laughs> Did I show up to practice? Listen, hell yeah, I showed up to practice on time. It's a different story when you got your own show and then when you got an authority figure like coaches was not doing hills was not trying to do laps and then when come to basketball was not trying to do a bunch of suicides or when you had to get on the wall and man listen coaches was brutal back then i don't know how brutal they are anymore it's brutal people said bro i keep sleeping on jabril cox yeah did i did i do the uh i don't think i did State of the unit linebackers yet, right? I mean, we talked about the linebackers. I don't think I did the unit. That might be next. That might be next. We've kind of worked our way back. We got the DEs, defensive tackles. Um, we already did corners. We got linebacker safeties. We're going to just do this whole... We did wide receivers, too. Um, we'll do linebackers and safeties. I don't think we're going to do them combined, but we'll probably do the linebackers next. Because, again, another position. Y'all know how we've been talking about it all offseason. I'd like to see them add some more players in that room. 
Once you get past the top three, we start talking about undrafted guys. We like fan favorites, but um, and just, oh, there goes Mitchell right there. Skywalker wins the next state of the unit. Linebacker question mark? I think that's what we're going to do. What I'm trying to do here is uh, one each week. Now, if we get down to Thursday and, you know, Friday, and we need to go ahead and just do the next unit, we'll do it. But if all goes well here today and I don't have something pop up on me or, or like that, I'm going to start actually working on our next project, uh, which here I'll just tease it right now. Um, this project is going to be a lengthy one. I think this should carry us into uh, training camp. We're going to be ranking the roster. Mm-hmm. From and I'm still debating if I want to do these rookies added in because it's kind of hard. But yeah, this rookie is better than this veteran when we haven't really seen them. So I'm, I'm figuring that out here. I'm, I've been talking with my boy, Professor O. Um, but we're going to be ranking the roster from. I don't want to say 90 to one. I don't know if we're going to do 90 to one, but and we're going to do it in tiers. So it's not going to be like one person at a time for each day. We're going to group it. It's going to be probably like a group of five to ten, maybe uh, each show. And eventually it'll lead us up to number one. Once we get closer to hopefully it'll lead us to training camp. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But um, just trying to give us some different style of content here. And we'll continue to do things in between, too. Well, I did. I don't know if y'all enjoyed this, but I did like the. Um, speaking about the rushing attack last week, maybe we'll do the top five offenses. The Cowboys will face top five defenses, quarterbacks, all that stuff. That was fun, too. So we'll mix that in. But uh, the ranking series is what I'm working on next. So so uh, keep that keep that in mind. And hey, Jacob, if maybe if I'm doing the ranking series, that will give you an, an idea of um, who I think will make the 53 in June and July. I knew y'all was going to do this to me. Number one is Ryan. No. All right, let me go ahead and press this button since y'all want to act like I'm crazy. Um, yeah, they clowning. They killing. They killing Hill. Oh, King Element. Come on, man. <laughs> y'all ain't right. All right, man. Listen, we going to get up out of here, man. Shout out to Primetime Phil going 10 months strong today, man. You got to get a clue bomb for that. 10 months strong as an All-Pro member, he says. I say put a Parsons jersey on Sam Williams and let the offense figure out which one is the real Mike. <laughs> I wonder if he changes his number from 54 to something else once we get all these cuts going. That'd be interesting. But, so tune in tomorrow. Well, I think... We're going to start that that series, I think. Y'all know me. I'll switch up and call an audible. Listen, y'all, if y'all enjoyed today's show, man, like I said earlier, hit that like button on the way out. Please do. Please do. It helps tremendously. I appreciate the donations that came through today. Shout out to you, Primetime, for being 10 months strong. Shout out to all of our channel members. I know some are that are a year plus in here strong. So, and if you're new, appreciate you it's now it's not a qualification to be a part of the bomb squad but we do appreciate that here um subscribe if you are new and you just checked out the show and you enjoy what you liked if you didn't necessarily enjoy it but you like maybe there's something there's something to this guy there's something to this show there's something to this community go check out all the other videos and stuff um on the other platforms man go check them out with that said y'all i'm hit this button y'all tune in later tonight Trey Mauricio Rodriguez 
for A to Z Sports Prime Time. Y'all been great, man. Y'all killed it in the chat. Y'all helped hold it down. Love y'all. Give Ryan Noll a wrench. He shall not have a wrench on this show. What if he wants to come on? He can come on. All right, we out of here. Love y'all. Peace.